0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists in the world today. It has been said many times, mostly on this podcast, that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games out there that we can spend our hobby time and our hobby dollars on. It, it's hard to know which way to turn next. It can lead to, I guess what the kids call, a serious case of fear of missing out and I guess that's the purpose of this podcast to talk about big industry events that are happening to talk about you know cool games that my guests and I have been enjoying and you know sometimes talking to the authors of the games who have been writing them now uh, one of the things I do love talking about are events I love going to an event I love playing an event and I love just the 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 notion that when you get together with people at a, at a quote-unquote tournament, at an event, um, at a narrative game day, whatever it is, you are getting together with like-minded players to play and enjoy the games that we like to play. Uh, and it's something that I don't do all that much anymore. But when I did, um, and when I played in a lot of the bolt-action games, um, events and tournaments that were happening in Victoria and in Sydney and in Canberra, you know, you would see regular faces. It would be one of the, you know, they were sort of scenes that sort of blended together at times. Uh, People would come down from the other cities to Melbourne and we would, in turn, would go up to their events. But the purpose of this episode is to explore the idea that the Australian meta is not just made up of those three cities. There are actually many other capital cities in Australia, um, some of which are actually really far away. In fact, um, on a previous episode of, I believe, the LRDG2, um, I spoke with, you know, people who ran events all the way over in Perth, which is, for those of you who are American listeners, for example, about as distant as the difference between the East and the West Coast. So today we're going to look at the bolt action scene in two new and interesting places. Um, Now, just recently, uh, over the, was it a week and a half ago, we had um, Tasmania had a, I think it's largest bolt action event to date, and it was a whopper, 24 players on the day. Boom. Uh, And we're going to talk to the TO of that event in about five seconds but then later in this episode, we're actually going to talk to the TO of uh, an event in Townsville that's coming up shortly. So we're going to actually talk about bolt action in two separate metas, locations, whatever you want to call it. But two new and exciting scenes um, as far as the Australian bolt action community is Sort of, I don't want to say they're not represented because both are represented through the Bolt Action Facebook page, the Bolt Action New Zealand Australian page, and through the Bolt Action Tasmanian page. Really well, I might add. But on the podcasting world, these events aren't often talked about. Anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox here and introduce my first guest. Now, if you are ever on the Bolt Action Tasmanian page uh, or you are ever on the... Uh, the Bolt Action Australia New Zealand page, you will have seen the beautiful terrain this man and his family makes. Um, he is a prolific poster, and of course he has his own Facebook page as well, which I will get him to plug in just a second. You might know him as a fuzzy giraffe. I like to know him as Akhtar. Akhtar, welcome to Cast Ice. How you doing, man? Good, thanks, Brad. Yourself? Ah, oh, that is the dulcet tone of a giraffe if I have ever heard one. Thanks there Brad. (laughs) No worries man. So cool you are clearly in Tasmania. Now before we get into um, sort of the the Tasmanian scene some of the beautiful terrain you make and the event that you just ran where can people find pictures of your stuff because you have your own page.
1: Uh, Yeah we're currently posting a lot of stuff through the democratically elected republic of players which is just our um, sort of a pseudoism on Derp to uh oh, nice. Where we post up our gaming pro vanity and uh exploits really. Nice.
0: And when you say we, it's definitely you. Um is it who else?
1: Uh Howard Yowie is his uh name on the Book of Faces, but there that's my that's uh Akhtar Giraffe's father and uh Dennis Berwick, along with a few of the other key members of the uh Tasmanian scene, Les McCready, Ben Gaffney, Ian Griffin, uh, just to name a few.
0: Nice. I was gonna say, are they all last name Berwick? Because I'm sensing a trend there. Uh,
1: no. Okay. no. No, no, not, not quite.
0: Okay. <laughs> now you let's let's get to the terrain. Now I have known Dennis's work for years as part of the Bolt Action Alliance, but I've also known yours, and your dad is also involved as well. You guys are a family of terrain makers. Um, how does that happen? Is it just was it sort of a passion of your fathers or how did you know the three of you sort of combine to make the you know one of the most prolific terrain building uh, f- you know, dynasties in the southern hemisphere.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for the word. Dynasty I don't know about that yet. Yeah. Um, well it started probably 15 16 years ago when we were playing 40k and ah. We wanted a bit of terrain for it. My brother and I were getting really into it and mm-hmm. Dad was like, oh, yeah, we'll make you a bit of terrain. The old flower pot was turned upside down and painted and it's sort of built on and on from there with oh, uh, 40K possible. falling out of favourite fifth edition and um, mm-hmm. going on to some more historical sort of things. And then we discovered the wonderful game of bolt action and we haven't mm-hmm. looked back from there.
0: Nice. Yeah, I was going to say, now, you guys are sort of personally responsible for, what, 12 tables of terrain um, or 13 tables of terrain for the event on the weekend?
1: Uh, We supplied 11 on the day. And the Dead Man's Corner was done by the very talented Devonish boys from down south.
0: Nice. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, looking at these tables, let's talk about some of the spread of the terrain because you had a wide variety um, from across World War II, and it felt like beyond, but I I don't think it was. Talk to us about the terrain that you set up. What were sort of the the spread of um, venues for people to fight on, so to speak?
1: Well, we had some of the beautiful buildings by uh, Viv from Knights of Dice Mm -hmm. um, that was purchased by one of our local guys that we tarted up a bit. Mm -hmm. We had the desert ones from the Tabula Rasa range there set up Mm -hmm. with the range and um, people may have seen Tristan's LRDG placed on that. Mm -hmm.
0: There were lots of pictures of that, yep.
1: Yes, there were lots of pictures of that. That was because it was very, very pretty. Mm -hmm. It ended up taking up this painted too.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, so um, before—spoilers—before we get into the uh, results, yeah, Tristan did win Best Painted, didn't he?
1: Yes, he did. Very, very beautiful army, if anyone gets a chance to see that in the flesh. It is
0: gorgeous, yeah.
1: And graphic.
0: Yes. No, um— Because we had so he came down. So Tristan is, of course, um, one of the Bacon Burgers and is one of the Melbourne scene, a very prolific player and event runner from Melbourne. Um, But he came down with uh, Ruben from the Bacon Burger podcast and um, Hari flew down as well. So you had, you know, three folks in from out of town for your event, you know, from way north.
1: Uh, yeah, Harry flew all the way down from uh, Mullumbimby to come along to join us. I managed to convince him.
0: Nice. That's, I mean, that's a heck of a trek. Um, but, I mean, it's a big event. The terrain looks great. It was you know, sponsored through the nose. I mean, it it was a top-tier bolt action event, and I can understand why I made that trip down. So, that clearly, he won the furthest traveled award. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, Actually, he took out Best Minor Nation.
0: Yes, he did, didn't he? So, talk to us about what Hari took because um, it wasn't your standard old uh, Axis list.
1: Um, No, he took the uh, wonderful Finnish list of uh, Germans fighting for the Finns.
0: Yeah, it was very cool. There's something, I mean, we don't tend tend to see a lot of Finn players in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, Nearly ended up
1: with three at the event.
0: Yeah, right. I saw that. It was astonishing. Um, well, let's hold on. Let's, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's back up a step. Tell us the name of the event. Tell us how many points, um, when was it? How many games talk us through the, the generalities.
1: Okay, Brad. Uh, it was the name of the event was operation Sudlicht, Mm -hmm. which means, uh, South light and, uh, we're running a thousand points, three games on the day, two and a half hours to play each round Mm -hmm. with a 45 minute lunch break. Nice. And we started off with the missions of the wonderful uh, Heartbreak Ridge, hey. uh, the Bolt Action Alliance pack from 2016. Mm-hmm. And if anyone still wants to hunt that down, that is still living on the Australian Bolt Action page. I've uploaded that mission pack again.
0: Oh, nice. Thank you for doing
1: that. Yeah. No, well, can't let those sorts of resources fall out of hands. That's true. And then we ran key positions with not rolling for the number of objectives, but forcing everyone to play with five.
0: Nice. I like that. Yeah.
1: And the final round, we played No Man's Land.
0: Hey, yes. Just
1: for eight. Because by the end of the day, everyone's brains are starting to shut down. Mm-hmm. So it makes it nice and easy when you just have to kill one another.
0: Exactly. Well, that's cool, man. And that's always been sort of what I've been saying has been sort of the sweet spot for, um, for bolt action events is two objective grabs and a kill point mission. And so, yeah, that's fantastic. So you had 26 players... Signed up prior to the event, but then you shifted to 24. I'm too dropped out. You didn't shift, I should say. Yes. Um, but you had an amazing spread of countries. Now, I have it in front of me, but or did you want to talk about that before I listed them out?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, no problem at all. Uh, well, for the because we generally run all of our events as an Axis versus Allies event, we try mm. to avoid blue and blue. Yeah. The next thing that I try to do for matchups is go for as historical as possible mm. for round one. Nice. And then I try to make players who have played one another at one of our previous events not play one another again. Oh, that's cool. Nice. So we've had one bloke that's turned up now for three of our events and has played nine different opponents.
0: That's awesome, man, because, so, you know, there yeah, is that, that thing where you often end up the, the person you traveled the farthest with is end up the person you end up playing in round two. Um, it, it, yeah.
1: It used to happen a lot in the old 40k days. You travel all the way to Hobart and play the three guys that live around the corner from you. Yep. And you're like, yeah, could have done that in the shed. Uh, yeah, exactly. and, save, and save the 600 kilometer round trip.
0: Oh, I always forget how big uh, Tasmania is.
1: Uh, Picture the size of Ireland for anyone that's in Europe. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, or uh, God, I don't even know what that is in North American terms. It's big. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, let's talk Axis. So you had um, what, two, four, 12 Axis players. We had a
1: break split down the middle. Exactly 12 of each.
0: Now, did you have anyone who was sort of on the, the cusp either way and sort of would shift to buy bust, or was that just natural?
1: Uh, that was um, naturally turned up that way. That's awesome. Um, we, mainly, we fudged the numbers a bit with our local players all having a couple of armies. So, mm-hmm. I, once the slots were filled up, it was first in best dressed. Mm-hmm. And then, if I had required more. Axis or Allied, i will just be calling up the last people that had entered their lists. No, you're now playing <laughs> Allied. <laughs> yeah, exactly, go, there you go. go. dig your Allied army out, so.
0: Nice. Well, according, looking at your number spread, we had um, two Japanese, two Finns, eight Germans, um, which I guess isn't that surprising since Germany's very popular, but the spread within Germany was one Fallschirmjäger, one Heer, one SS, two Grenadiers, one DAC, one Winter Army, and... And one Panzer Brigade 150, my favorite. That's awesome, man. That is such a cool spread of forces.
1: Yeah, it's very unique. Um, And then the Grenadiers, there was one early war, one late war. Very cool. And the Finnish armies, was one was Continuation War,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and the other one was Hari's German Finns. Very, very cool. Now, I
0: have to ask Hari about that, but he was running them as... The Finnish rules?
1: Yes, he was running the Finnish national rules.
0: Awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and then on the Allied side, you had another fantastic spread. You had one Australian, one Soviet, which is you know unbelievable given how many Soviet players there seem to be sometimes. One French, four U.S., Then uh, that's one paratroop, two Normandy, and one Tunisia, um, and five British, one being Tristan's LRDG three Desert Forces, and one Western Europe. That's awesome, man. Such a cool spread.
1: And the Western Desert format for the British, um, mm-hmm. we actually had two Commonwealth forces in that, my mm-hmm. proper Commonwealth force. Someone made the 2nd New Zealand Division and done a lot of research on it. Mm-hmm. And another player had actually made his great-grandfather's division with just the 25-pounders and stuff backing awesome. it up.
0: Oh, man, that is cool when people have those connections to their own forces and they're able to put them on the tabletop. Yes. Oh, rad. Now, you got to play a game yourself. There was a buy-busting at one point. So uh, what did you get to
1: play? Um, I brought out my um, Mm Tunisian-Americans for this buy-buster, but if I would had known that I was going to be buy-busting, the Norwegians probably would have got their first eventron
0: i was gonna ask because you are a man who seems to go through bolt action armies at a prolific pace um now you have painted the norwegians and i'm so glad you brought those up um i do want to ask uh i'm going to stay on topic and then let's go back to that <laughs> because oh i do want to bring i'm yeah mm, mm-hmm. it's on my uh it's on my uh, list of things to talk about but you had another player come in who played their very first game of bolt action uh, at the event as one of the buy busters, um, or sort of to replace the buy buster, but in the process, got to um, got to play A for the first time, but also B with their own army, and with a rare one of that. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, well, um, Michael turned up, and just to have a look to see whether or not he could get game in on the day, mm-hmm. and we hadn't actually met before, you'd just seen on the uh, Facebook page that we were holding the event Rocked up and I said, "Well, you can fill in for the buy." Matched them up with um, one of the guys that also have an Italian force, so he could run him through the rules. Mm-hmm. And he played uh, Desert Italians versus um, British with uh, from Western to Matildas awesome. against Elephantino guns and stuff. So it was a, a nice little match-up. Except um, they ended up. Valley Table, which was uh, the one with the giant hills and the river in the middle. Oh, oops.
0: <laughs> Not <laughs> exactly desert, but yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, cool. Now, we did mention that Hari got Best Minor Nation, and we did mention that Tristan got uh, Best Painted. Um, but am I correct in reading this right that Sean uh, Devinish got Best Allied Player?
1: Yeah, Sean Devinish was our Best Allied Player.
0: Mm-hmm. And what was he running?
1: <laughs> He was running Operation Cobra U.S. forces.
0: Oh, nice. So um, that's sort of the the push after the D-Day landings.
1: Yes, yeah, and uh, he ran it with very minimal support, but was running an M18 Hillcat that may have been showing up in some of the pictures. Beautifully painted Army as well.
0: Yeah, man, that was a beautiful force. Um, And so, okay, so that's best... Allied And best Axis was pronounced, correct me if I'm getting this wrong, Riordan uh, Macbeth? Yes, Riordan Macbeth. Nice. What a great name. Um, My Scottish wife approves. Uh, And what, of course, he was playing uh, Axis. So what did he take?
1: He was running a, a Japanese horde of regular infantry.
0: Oh, I love it. Now, are those just Japanese riflemen?
1: All Japanese riflemen. I think there was 50 riflemen in his list. Brilliant. Um, ten five ten man squads a mm-hmm. uh, couple of suicide a t guys and a uh, captured Stuart and he um, was based off the push on burma
0: yes, love it. I love a regular japanese um horde list uh mainly because that was how i used to run japanese but it's it's a lot of fun um and people always tend to run like super elite vets or you know the unwashed horde of inexperienced um you know jungle you know dwellers but to to see something regular in a japanese force is cool
1: it's it's a some of the other forces that really do deserve a mention was the Soviet force. That was uh, Zukov takes command. That had a T-26 running around in it. Nice. And cavalry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's got a cavalry, some partisans, and all sorts of bits and pieces where Zukov pushed back in to defend Moscow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the N- Army, which if anyone looks at the pictures, they might notice is actually out of the uh, New Guinea book. Because mm-hmm. that's the force painted up by the wonderful Brian Cook.
0: Oh, nice! Yeah.
1: That was being played by um, Paul Berwick on the day. Oh, cool. And um, and probably they're just oh, the the level of painting is just phenomenal.
0: Yeah. The the pictures that you shared from the event were astonishing. I mean, uh, just the level of quality of the the models of that event looked phenomenal especially given they were taken on the pictures of you know your terrain i um, sorry they were <laughs> taken with your terrain as the backdrop um and i know that it does sound a little bit like i'm blowing sunshine and i sound really excited i know but guys if you haven't seen pictures of this you really owe it to yourself to go to um you know bolt action tasmania or there is also pictures on bolt action australia new zealand um or um and I'm going to get it wrong. The Democratic. Oh, God.
1: Help democratically me elected Republic of players.
0: Thank you. It's been a long day of work <laughs> um, because the just a the quality of the terrain was amazing. The, the B, the armies were amazing. And see, the, the pictures of the games look great, too. So you put it all together. And it's just if you are a big fan of bolt action, you should definitely take a look at those photos. But, yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Now, I understand that, um, you know, big events, sometimes it's hard to, you know, to make sure that there's enough prizes or enough support, but it, it sounds like you guys were drowning in it. Um, you guys were supported by all kinds of folks. Um, And some of these names are familiar, but some of them are new to me. Um, Why don't we talk about some of these people that supported you, man? Because there was a lot of sponsors.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, we're very, very fortunate with that. Um, The name for the train and the pictures that we've gotten out there. Uh, Some people may or may not know that um, Dad and I and the... Family did some of the train for the uh, Fortress Budapest book, Mm -hmm. which is now in the possession of um, Brian Cook, and that's that's been dragged out to a couple of the events up in Sydney now that I understand and a couple of gaming days. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we had people keen to get on board and support us, which is great and great for the community. Hell, yeah.
0: So Um, first and foremost, I couldn't help but notice that – Ian and John from War and Peace Games were there uh, loud and proud.
1: Oh, as they have been stuck with us through thick and thin. They were the first ever sponsor we had for our first ever event when we had 12 players show up. That's awesome. We don't really have a brick-and-mortar store as such on the northern half of Tasmania, so mm-hmm. they're our go-to. And you can always ring them up and go, "Oh, is there any chance you're getting this in? And they will we'll find it for you. They are fabulous people.
0: And they're so, God, and I know I always talk about how awesome they are to call up and talk to, but those poor bastards, I call them up and start saying, hey, guys, you know, how you going? And, you know, they always... They humour me. Got with, five minutes, and yeah. Twenty
1: five minutes later, you're still on the phone to them. <laughs>
0: exactly. It's not like you got a job to do and I'm on break, but uh, yeah, they oh, they are just the nicest guys, and they know everything about what I am always, you know, I'm always calling them out saying, so I'm looking for this bit or this, you know, I'm looking for this, uh, you know, this product, and as you say, they find it, and they they have a huge stock as it is. But um, they're always knowledgeable and so nice. Love those guys. And th- they have been so generous with the bolt action community from day dot. It is astonishing.
1: Oh, their the support has created the community what it is.
0: Amen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, another big uh, supporter of some of the big local events, at least here, um, has been, of course, Viv from Knights of Dice. Now, I noticed that he was a big sponsor there as well.
1: Uh, you yeah, Well, I've had the fortunate time to be over in Melbourne once and popped into West Heidelberg there and checked mm-hmm. out his setup. And it is phenomenal Yeah. what he is managing to create. Out there, um, if anyone in the Melbourne place, go out and say hi to Viv. He's a great bloke. Yeah, um, he gave. I sent him a message on Facebook and say, "Oh, can you make this for me?" And two days later, he's got a design drawn up and a price for me. He's mm-hmm. just brilliant.
0: Um, now he did y'all's trophies as well, didn't he?
1: Yes, he did. I <sighs> yes,
0: so good looking, right? Laser cut yeah, uh, acrylic trophies. They were gorgeous.
1: They're awesome, and he pulled me out of a spine, out of a a um, bit of a spot there because um, the, our normal trophy supplier couldn't do them, mm. and he managed to make those up in four days for me.
0: Oh man, yeah, so, he he makes magic happen, doesn't he?
1: Oh yeah, especially when you've also got to calculate in postage down to Tassie as well. So mm. <sighs> yeah,
0: that's awesome. And but he also he he also of course did the. the did some terrain prizes, but he also did his new business, which um, I am keen to talk about with him on a fellow, on a future episode of Cast Dice, which is he's now doing dice bags.
1: And they are fabulous pieces of kit.
0: Right? I just they recently got fantastic. my first. I have uh, a lot of dice bags, and these are top tier, right?
1: They are, they are brilliant. Um, I couldn't help myself. The second he set up his new business and he set up his – uh, new page to sell them. I purchased the first four that he put on his page just mm-hmm. to annoy him to make him sold out. <laughs> nice. And and, they, and then we gave them away as prizes and they all went, they are great pieces of kit. Yeah.
0: They are brilliantly done. They're lined, they're you know, heavy duty. Um, I've and, been using and, mine a lot and it is awesome.
1: And if you're looking for a generic dice bag for bold action and all you need is a patch made up and sewed on the front of it. It's nice and simple. You make mm-hmm. your own custom dice bag very quickly.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at getting a a new dice bag made for my uh, GI Joe Cobra forces, for my Cobra forces, for my bolt action. Yeah, I'm I'm a sad man anyway. So I'm <laughs> getting I'm getting a custom one of those made up um, as soon as I can find the right patch to go with it and the right material. I'm going to be calling Viv and saying, my man, hook me up because. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I definitely need a custom one. Uh, I might even get my name done on it. Anyway, uh, but so, yeah, brilliant. Um, now, May 40 miniatures. Now, I am well familiar with their products, but why don't you tell us about them and some of the stuff they have coming up? Because I know you're really excited.
1: I am very excited. Um, sander at May 40 Miniatures sent us over a couple of blisters of his fabulous new Dutch range Mm -hmm. and I was lucky enough to get my hands on some of the new master sculpts of the upcoming FJ Kickstarter which starts on the 2nd of September and for us of us that are in the Future that means it has started, but it doesn't actually kick off till tomorrow.
0: Uh, well, when this goes to air, quote unquote, and I'm not pulling the curtain back at all tomorrow, um, yeah. it will be live. So, ladies and yes. gentlemen, look for it. So, um, what? So, is, will it will be under Kickstarter, but under May forty, is that right? Or under May
1: Schmierger? forty miniatures, full and it is all nineteen forty Full force. Um, we're talking the proper smocks, the correct gear. Oh, awesome. his stretch goals include things like the drop canisters and a panzer bush and things like that all the little bits that if you want to collect a force that is from 1940 to do the invasion of the netherlands belgium norway this is the army at a pinch you just need a couple of lg40s and things like that and you can do them for Crete as well oh that's so cool man
0: Oh, yeah, definitely check that out, guys, because I know I was waiting for that uh, announcement, and, uh, and now I don't need to. I'm announcing it <laughs> here. Thank you very much. There you no go, problem. Mr. Drap. Um, well, let's, let's keep going. Uh, Rubicon, of course, um, also big sponsors of Australian Scene. Now, they ha- got some stuff for you as well, didn't they?
1: Yes, yes. Um, they are fabulous pieces of kit. We managed to get our hands on the three new Panzer IVs oh, uh, and nice. 88s. Nice. we a duck crew, gave away one of their new Neville Werfers, mm-hmm. and a Howling Cow. Like, very cool. Some very nice bits of gear. And then, of course, we had even more uh, Rubicon stuff, which we purchased with our price support, because I'm a very big mm-hmm. fan of their kits.
0: Yeah, they're very cool. Um, now, I'm going to ask you about a couple that I, I'm afraid I am not familiar with. Leading Edge...
1: Yeah, Leading Edge are the uh, local-ish hobby store as such. They do a lot yes. of the uh, remote control cars and things like that mm-hmm. for us along the coastline. They're based in Burnie. Um, big supporters of our local scene as far as, like, silly things that you don't think about, like your hobby tools, your knife craft knives and things like that. And they jumped on board and we got a heap of, um, in our goodies bag, we gave everyone a little mini three-foot tape measure because people always forget tape measures.
0: Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs>
1: yeah. And they came to the party and supplied, um, gave us a discount on getting those. So.
0: Nice, very cool. And that's a, you know, that's one of those great practical bag stuffers that you can add to like a goodie bag that you're giving to players that you know they're always going to use.
1: Oh well, at least you hope that they don't forget one when yeah. you see a couple of people using them. You see how flimsy they are. You, then you go get the spare tapes out. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but hey, it, you know, it, in a pinch, it gets it done. Okay. Um, <laughs> Way back when, um, in the old 40K days, there was, um, I think it was Game Master Games in the U.S., um, in the northeast of the U.S., uh, in the 90s? Um, a friend of mine used to run that, and we every time we would go to uh, a grand tournament, he had literally a sack in his uh, tournament supplies that was just miniature tape measures with a store logo on it, and every single time someone was like, oh, no, I forgot, or I broke my tape measure, he would just be throwing them around the room, and by the end of the grand tournament, half the room would be using them, and he would just be like... Man, you would think that tape measure attrition's really bad in this game. Anyway, <laughs> um, that or we just leave our tape measures everywhere. Uh, but, okay, Wolf Biscuit, never heard of these guys. Who
1: are they? Uh, he is still setting up at the moment. Um, mm. You may have noticed Grey Wolf uh, yes. on the, uh, floating around the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a good friend of mine from over in New Zealand mm. and he's setting up his own dice bag company based over there. Mm. And I got some of these sample ones and purchased some of his first ones off him as well. So they are up on the table Sweet. as well. So if you're in New Zealand, keep your eye out for Wolf Biscuit. They will be starting up soon. He's still got to make a logo and stuff, but he's just getting his feet on the ground.
0: That's cool, man. I uh, love to see all these little um not I don't want to sound little like it's disparaging, but these these businesses that are starting up and around the uh, the bolt action community, it just uh, just speaks volumes about how strong that community is.
1: and and, and it's more about um, supporting our little guys as well because yeah. there's a lot of um, small spin-off businesses, it's not there their day job, like May right. 40 miniatures, the guy still has to go to work. Yep. He's, and he's making models, um, and really good models. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wolf Biscuit, for instance, is still doing uh, night shift work as well, but is trying to start doing something to make pay for his uh, hobby excesses, as mm-hmm. we should call it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we all have a couple of those.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to yeah. all throw a little bit of dollars here and there to the, the guys that just as bad as us at collecting piles of lead. And I'm more than happy to.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Smog's horde of lead, right? Right on. Well, uh, cool. Uh, um, well, how, as the TO, how did this event go in your estimation? I've seen the post saying it went really well, but what were some of your thoughts um, of the event as it ran?
1: Uh, well, from all the feedback I've received, everybody had a fabulous day, and that's nice. our main aim is they are a friendly event we did do have first second and third for access allied minor nation Mm -hmm. but um it's more about in playing people that you haven't played before meeting new friends in your community groups Mm -hmm. and from outside your community groups and just having a great day and rolling some dice
0: that's awesome man yeah, everyone I've talked to who went, um, which is Rubes, um, has said they had a lovely time. Um, I know he had a blast, and he's talking about making the trip next year.
1: Yeah, I heard uh, Hari's already trying to book himself in to come to the one that we're holding in March.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's keen, man. That's six months down. You'll be ready to go.
1: Oh, fingers crossed. As long as we don't try to bite off too big a project before we mm-hmm. start.
0: Well, you did a lot of terrain for this event. How many tables of terrain did you guys have to make for this event to happen full
1: stop? Have to make or opt to make? Um, <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the big question, isn't that's it? The, that's the big question. Uh, well, there were four tables worth of terrain that were still in the shed that didn't make it to the event. Oh, you're ready to go then. You've got tons. Yeah, uh, Well, that was the silly part is we, we thought, oh, yeah, we'll just do some more fences and we'll just do some more of this and just do some more of that. And uh, we had more than enough, as um, you can see from some of the photos. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the other thing. I mean, when you have that terrain, it's sometimes tempting to uh, overfill, uh, but it didn't look like you guys had too much terrain, um, but you also definitely didn't have the uh, the common terrain problem, which is not enough.
1: Yeah, well, I'd know I spent uh, three months making green hills for a po Valley for someone that was promised that they were going to bring their Gerber's Talking about you, Mr. Turner.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that project. And discovered
1: that he decided he was going to bring fins at last minute, so then there was a whole terrain table set that's spent, um, after three months of being built, and stayed at the shed and didn't even get to see the light of day
0: next time next time Hari, i i think you're being called out man i think next time you got to bring it in march
1: uh it'll be his free french no doubt he changes armies more than underpants i think
0: <laughs> he does he changes armies more than i do and that's saying something oh goodness um all right uh well speaking of changing armies um Oh, but I well maybe I shouldn't segue quite yet. Um, is there any other observations? Are you sort of are you just happy happy that everyone had a good time? Had a good time yourself and ready to uh, call it quits for six months?
1: Oh, um, my main focus when I actually get to host events, my favorite part is actually running around with the SLR camera, yeah, and taking photos of really well painted models that are done by other people in our terrain. And one of the tricks we do at our event is I run around, take photos while turn one and two are on. Mm-hmm. And then they go up on the projector. So everyone can actually see the games that are going on around them. That's cool. While while you're playing and then the sponsors logos rotate through that as well during the day.
0: That's very cool. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just sort of We've, celebrating the whole, the whole event and everyone who supported it, hasn't it?
1: Yes. And we're we're playing in a gym, Okay, no, you can't smoke. No, you can't drink, but you don't actually touch the other opponent unless you're picking up your chair to swing it at them.
0: (laughs) Right? Uh, Yeah. And then you
1: probably still have to take three steps to hit them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Have a running start and you'll be all set. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, because that is one of the problems often when you're holding a bigger event is that all of a sudden, you know, table space is sort of a premium. And you know, you, sometimes you're getting a little personal with the person behind, on the table behind you. But well, um, the, the
1: good old one where you sit down, you go to sit in the seat, and you see somebody's put all their dead in their army sitting on it instead.
0: Mm-hmm. The number of times I've been to CanCon and seen someone sit on those seats with models oh. on them, I I can literally count it at least on one hand. And every single time, that shiver goes down your spine, and you go ah. Don't do that. (laughs) Look before you sit. Um, It's also why I always keep my models under the table, uh, not anywhere else, because I've seen that too many times.
1: Another thing that you'll notice with the um, photos, all of our table tops that we painted up for the event, because we had to supply all those, of course, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, they're actually eight foot by uh, four foot. Tables so every table had two feet of space at the end for you to sit your army up on, put your boxes on, put your books out, roll your dice on. So you weren't trying to fit things in around the terrain at all, it was very, very useful space.
0: Yeah, it means that, you know, you definitely can spread out and you're also not as, you know, the, the maker of that terrain. You're not chipping that terrain, you know, putting cases down on it um, with people rolling dice. I mean, there's plenty of space, as you say. Yes. Nice. Nicely done. I like it. I like it. Um, well, I, I did promise uh, we would come back to this. So you are playing the definition of hard mode at times when you play bolt action. Uh, it has been talked about many times on uh, pod, bolt action podcasts over the years, but the dreaded Norwegian list uh, from the, of course, armies of France and the minor powers is is largely touted as the, and I've heard people say this, and I, the most quote-unquote unplayable army in bolt action Um Which I don't agree with, but I also don't think it's overpowered by any stretch of the imagination. Um, It's those
1: free skis. Yeah, yeah, that's what gets everyone. Oh,
0: yeah, it's overpowered, (laughs) man. It's overpowered. Uh, At one point, ski. Oof. So let's let's talk about that because you um, you got the models from uh, Gorgon Miniatures, right?
1: Yes, Gorgon Studios. Yeah,
0: so good, aren't
1: they? Oh, they're uh, beautiful. Sculpts, they're great. I have, uh, they yeah, they travel ahead. okay to Australia. I won't say they, they travel probably as well as your Perry's medals do. You end up with a mm-hmm. few bents, but yeah. nothing too broken.
0: Nice. Now, you painted an entire army of these, so you have a full army of Norwegians. Yes. And when we say that, of course, for those of you who are not following at home, um, Nor, when you play early war, you know, basically the first week of World War II, quote-unquote, in Europe there's not a lot of vehicles in that army.
1: No, there isn't, Brad. Um, you've got the options of a civilian car or a civilian truck. Exactly. And no, you can't add an MMG to either of them. No,
0: you can't. Um, so
1: uh, for
0: those of you who are then keeping track at home, that's not exactly a veteran force either. So you're all of a sudden talking about a lot of bare-bone rifle infantry.
1: Yes, a lot of riflemen.
0: So, how uh, many riflemen does that mean you have?
1: 72, I think.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man.
1: And there's uh, five Madsen LMG guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, a medium mortar, and um, I mean, that's got one of the most overpowered howitzers in the game. Uh, for 40 points, you get a light howitzer mm-hmm. with a special no AT round rule. Yes which means you get plus one pen whenever you shoot at vehicles, which means, that's right, you can't penetrate a jeep at long range. Oh,
0: yeah. See, that's overpowered right there. You're, oh, yes, broken. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> easy mode, easy mode. Um, well, okay, now, people have often talked about this army at length. Um, I know, I think some of the guys in the U.K. have talked about it. Uh, I, I think it's the juggernauts like to talk about I, I I'm not sure. You have actually played this army. How does it go?
1: Uh, So far, from four games, I'm two wins, two draws.
0: Doesn't sound bad to me.
1: And that's against my regular opponent, Les, playing late war SS.
0: Again... Doesn't sound bad to me. Um, it's one of those it, things, man. Bolt Action's a platoon infantry game by definition. And yes, there's a million nuances within that. And yes, I acknowledge that late war has a lot of benefits that early war doesn't. But basic riflemen in this game aren't bad.
1: Uh, no. No, especially when you end up taking the whole platoon.
0: Yeah, Oh, man, That's, it puts a smile on my dial that, in a way that I cannot describe. And oh. when, you,
1: when you say that suddenly have a whole platoon of veterans.
0: Ooh. Oh, I hadn't even thought of doing that. I'm just the constant regular guy. Can you take oh, a full they're... platoon of veteran? Um, you can, can't you?
1: Yes, they're the Royal Guard. Yes. And it's the only way you get s to at grenades. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, so I have two squads of Royal Guards <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. to
1: take as my anti-tank choice. That's awesome.
0: So you can have two, two squads with anti-tank grenades. Clearly, that's broken. I'm. Yeah, yes. Yep, yep. Eleven men. Yep. Yeah. Broken. <laughs> Actually, it is always funny because, you know, the AT grenades are one of those things you don't see all that often in the wild. So all of a sudden when somebody does have one and you forget, oh my god, that hurts. Um and I'm I'm is that something that you've run into when you're playing with this that people sort of forget they're there or do people avoid your two uh Norwegian squads like the plague?
1: Um well, they took out a stug. Mhm. And he wasn't 100% sure on how it worked and when you suddenly you're rolling 11 dice needing 4s because he hasn't moved to get that pen value and then you get rolling twice on the chart
0: mm-hmm.
1: they start getting a bit nervous mm-hmm. and uh since, since then, the last two games I've drawn because those squads have died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, as well, learned what, what the, the, the trick is.
0: Of course, uh, you did mention that you were playing the same person all four times with that army. And I should have realized that, of course, um, <laughs> Les would learn his lesson the first time. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's one of those things. I always ignored the piot until I got one in the eye, and then went, "Oh yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, I need to." <laughs> Unfortunately, it appears I am not as smart as Les because I took several pios before I learned to that lesson. But yeah, <laughs> piot terrible reputation, not terrible in the game, just short ranged. Don't drive your tank next to one. Hashtag true story. Anyway, um, well actor it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you today man um i don't want to cut you short but our time is running because i do want to talk to rob lambert up in townsville um is there anything else that you wanted to chat about while you were on the show today
1: uh just get out there and roll dice meet some people have fun games for fun
0: amen amen i'm with you brother well Thank you very much for coming on and thank you very much for running an awesome event, man. Um, it's fantastic to hear such a big event happening uh, in Australia and not too far from us. So one in of the these world. years, if you're
1: saying it's not that far, you, you better come down next year.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's one of these days I'll have to try.
1: Oh, What's that? You're coming next year.
0: <laughs> I'm not promising anything. Uh, I oh, am. However, okay.
1: yeah, uh, done <laughs> oh
0: Darn it, he got me. Um, on that note, though, I think it is time for the almighty segue. So, Akhtar, thank you very much for coming on. And I thank think you very much, Brad. we will uh, roll on. So, uh, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. <laughs> And we are back with an old friend of the show, an old friend of Melbourne bolt action. Uh, of course, Robert Lambert has been around forever, and is a fellow teacher, um, I you know it's it's wonderful to hear his voice. And he is going to be joining us to talk about bolt action in a very different place than Melbourne. Rob, welcome to Cast Ice. How you doing, man?
2: Yeah, good. Thanks, Brad. Good to be on the show. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. I love it when people say that.
0: <laughs> Sorry. How I, I, you
2: doing, man? Yeah, yeah. Good, good.
0: Oh, man. All right. So, as I said, you were an old, uh, old sort of old school Melbourne scene guy. Um, you were sort of in that first big wave of bolt action players that uh, hit Melbourne way back when. And, you know, you played in a ton of events. Um, tell us a little bit about sort of your bolt action journey. Um, I know you've played a couple different armies. Um, what's your bolt action passion, man?
2: Yeah, I, um, I got into the bolt action, uh, in, you know, a couple of years ago I we met in 2015 and mm-hmm. I, um, I only play bolt action. So I was really looking for a hobby to get into. And, um, at the time, I was working in Melbourne in the city and I used to venture down to the, uh, GW shop and just mm-hmm. check out what they had on there and uh, it was I had a stack of cash in my wallet one afternoon and I uh, went down there and the GW shop was closed and I ended up making my way to um, good games in Melbourne and found mm-hmm. bowl action and I nice. never looked back really Nice, man. Well, that's that's one of those
0: things you don't usually hear about people picking up bolt action first. It's usually one of those games that people sort of um, slide into from another game system or, Mm -hmm. you know, jump over from GW. So you just kind of cut out the middleman and went straight in. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think it was a Monday and they were closed on Monday and uh, that was it. I had to spend my money that day and i and i did i certainly did
0: well uh, uh i'm sure ryan the manager of that shop is uh, sad to hear that as he does listen to this show <laughs> yeah. sorry ryan yeah, yeah. right
2: on uh, so yeah played a lot of events in in melbourne i was one mm-hmm. of the first of the vba L crew and i TO'd right. an event in 2017 mm-hmm. called operation october watch was a sniper themed event that's right uh, it was the last event in melbourne and i took a job in north queensland and we um, packed up the car and drove north
0: now you are in Townsville now.
2: Yeah, Townsville. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which is very famous because it is uh, sort of home to one of Australia's largest military installations, and so we have, um, or sort of that area is known for having a lot of defense force um, slash military personnel stationed there.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's um, yeah, it's, it's quite a few uh, defense members here, and uh, like most defense establishments, uh. The city is based around that, um, you know, the spending of the money here mm-hmm. and uh, and the troops being here. But uh, they're always out and about, and all of our players that play through the club are defence members, and they're um, yeah. hard to get a hold of some weekend. So you turn up to a club meet every every on a Sunday, and uh, it's just a lucky dip of what gets played on that day. So mm-hmm. uh, most people here in towns will play uh, three or four systems. Uh, even I had to. Venture into another system just so I can turn up on the Sunday and have, have a game to play. So, yeah, yeah.
0: dare so, I ask what other game you picked uh, up? I'm going
2: to, um, into, um a summer fire and ice. Oh, uh, nice. ice fire. yeah, that uh, that game from Come On, um, mm-hmm. got a stark. Stock Army.
0: That was my yeah. next guess. And uh, sorry, my next question was uh, which of the uh, the thrones that or the flags you are uh, behind trying to get the Game of Thrones or I guess to play the Game of Thrones. So you're yeah, playing no. the Starks, man. Now, I've heard tons about this game, but I think you are the first person to ever say those words on this podcast. Um, now, I, we will get back to Bolt Action in a quick sec. But I want just real quick, what's your hot take about this game? It's a rank and flank game, right? It's a fantasy rank and flank game yeah. based on the Game of Thrones books and
2: television show. No, just just the books. Just, just the books. The books. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I've been told. I didn't know there was, I didn't have read the books. But uh, hmm. uh, when the last season came out on Game of Thrones, it was very strict. On the facebook page not to bring spoilers out and remind everyone that this is a game based on the books wow. hence why it's called a song of ice and fire and not game of thrones mm. as well oh, of course so, um i haven't played any other game system any tabletop games but i have been told that this one resembled eighth edition fantasy mm-hmm. uh warhammer so if you've played that, you've got some idea of how that game was played.
0: So it's got a rank-and-flank system where you're, you have big blocks of troops, and yeah. the bigger the block, that can give you a bigger advantage, but it also makes you sort of unwieldy.
2: That's right, yeah, and using trays and moving trays and things like that, yeah. Now,
0: um, unlike that game, though, um, this game has a, a unique mechanic that everyone keeps telling me about and saying how good it is, and it's got, instead of magic, it's got politics, um, yeah. <laughs> and your characters um, do things on and off the battlefield um, yeah. that have real impact on the battlefield itself. So it's almost like you're playing out the pol- political intrigue while you're playing your war game.
2: Yeah, that's right. There's a the side game we you have your non-playing characters take over a, a board, and each one of those sort of zones have a, a influence on the game, whether political or movement uh, and that sort of thing. So. Nice. Yeah, you know, not being a a card, I've never played a game with cards. So you've got your you're rolling the dice, and you've got your measuring stick and your measuring movements. Mm-hmm. Then you've got your tactic cards in your hand, which most I forget because I've never played a game with cards. And mm-hmm. then you've got your side game with your non-playing characters or your non-playing units, which adds a whole other uh, level to the game. So it is pretty cool. Yeah that's awesome man
0: that's awesome all right well what are some of the other games that people are playing up there i'm assuming that the games workshop games would be present and accounted for i know several service members um uh, people are people in the army who um played very competitively in the melbourne scene for years of warhammer 40k Mm. that went up there and have come back so i know the 40k's played up there
2: yeah 40k warhammer um then there's Infinity. There was a big Infinity Affinity tournament last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, a song of Ice and Fire was pretty big about twelve months ago when it sort of first got released. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's guys just rock up with board games as well. Um, Russ, the one of the uh, long members of the club, plays a game called U-boat, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, four guys sort of command a U-boat with an iPad attachment which gives you that real-life sort of uh, shooting effect. Mm -hmm. So that's a a game that's been uh, thrown around a bit. And then just the usual ones. Malifax was around for a little bit. haven't seen that for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Bold Action has popped its head up again recently. There's a a couple of players who have just got into Bold Action, so they're really keen to play on a Sunday. So it's just all sorts of stuff. It's just uh, quite amazing. You turn up on a Sunday and there's just games get played all the time. Nice. Well, that sort of brings us full
0: circle and back to why you are here. Um, we are going to talk about your upcoming event. Now it's happening on October twentieth, uh, yeah, two thousand nineteen, uh, in Townsville, and it is called Operation Northern Exposure. Now this is though this is sort of the first event that you're running up there. This is sort of a continuation of a series of bolt action events that have happened sort of semi annually over the
2: years. Yeah, that's right. They try to put on um, the club. The Townsville Gamer Club try to put on a an annual event for each of the systems that most people play. So every year there's a you know a bowl action tournament. Uh yeah, and there's also mm-hmm. an affinity tournament, a Warhammer tournament. Um and they just yeah, they just pick those systems up. And then this is I've taken over the reins from the bowl action one, coming coming back to Townsville with a little bit of experience in bowl action events, uh and mm-hmm. some being my been my 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 thing, I guess, with tabletop gaming. You know, I was happy to happy to put my hand up. Nice, well, cool. Now um,
0: you, of course, have run, as you said, the sniper event in Melbourne years ago. Um, this is a more straightforward event, right? This is just sort of the the yeah. excuse to get people to pull their bolt action armies out of the cupboards and get you know gaming on the table, right?
2: Yeah, that's it. I just try to name it Operation Northern Exposure. Just to expose the game amongst the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got some guys coming down from Cairns to play, so that's nice. a fair. That's a three hundred and fifty kilometer drive <laughs> down, down to play. Um, I've got on board uh, the local gaming shop and they're putting up the space for the day and a barbecue mm-hmm. for the event. So they've they got some ball action stuff in the store, just trying to get people back into the game, mm-hmm. uh, dust off any old armies. I've got plenty of armies that we can share, any new players want to come in and play. But also just um, I've got Adam from uh, Dice at War, mm-hmm. uh, Nick from um, Eureka Miniatures and John and Enid sent a little nice little support package up for me just to so that you know there's so many other bold action options you don't need to buy from warlord you can go to a local shop you can online purchase from war and peace you can Mm -hmm. go and see war online and just these are things you can get involved in if you just there's so many things that i was exposed to in in melbourne um viv has offered a few um prize vouchers from our knights as Mm -hmm. well so these things are out there you know i know within australia postage is not too bad but there are these online retailers in Australia. You can jump on their page, grab a few things, and it ships up in a few days. Yeah, just to expose this game because it mm-hmm. is a it is a good tabletop game. Oh, it's a great game. Bolt Action is
0: such a great uh, yeah. tabletop game to play with other people. Um, it works as a narrative game. It works as a competitive game. It works, you know, just for funsies. It it really it is, does work yeah. at a ton of levels, which a lot of game systems just don't do. Um, and I know that, you know, you can nitpick certain mechanics about, oh, maybe this isn't quote fair, or maybe I don't like this particular rule from this edition. But as a whole, the bolt action rule set is pretty damn special.
2: No, it is. And that's why we're doing that generic platoon, because we don't. Why people to get back into the game. You don't want to get you know, stomped on by uh, some theater list, some Russian theater mm-hmm. list. It's nice and easy coming in. Um, because a lot of the gamers here play amongst themselves, we don't get a lot of outsiders come in. Uh, we almost have a developed a uh, set of house rules mm-hmm. with our ball action, um, and we're just trying to say, remember, let's go back to the book and just play this game how it's supposed to be played and just right. enjoy it, get together, roll some dice, have a barbecue, um, and just get that, that gaming community, uh, back as, as one in, in Townsville. So we're looking forward to it. Nice. Now, uh, as you said off air, it is a
0: thousand points, right?
2: Yeah. A thousand points, single odds. Oh, so a thousand points generic platoon mm-hmm. Happy for people to bring in, um, you know, uh, multiple platoons okay, order a dice cap. Um, I just want people to cause part of the game lo- I love about the game is writing the list. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I know that earlier in in the time when you were playing ball action, Bray used to stay up and and write list after list after list. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. But to me, I don't mind doing that. And I I had a game on Sunday uh, with a friend of mine, just a casual game, uh, as I was telling you about, and I got absolutely smashed. (laughs) (laughs) Sunday night, I've, Got the list, uh, got out the uh, Easy Army and I was just going through my list and just tinkering it with a bit. So mm-hmm. I want people to ex- explore the list. I want people to, you know, do two platoons if needed. Um uh, right. yeah, you know, we check in those lists to make sure it's fair and within a, a fair play and gamemanship. Right. But, yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, see what you can come up with within a, within a single within – a, within a platoon, a generic platoon. Nice. Right on. Well, cool. Um, now, you did
0: say there would be a barbecue, and you did say that there would be uh, cool beverages. So um, <laughs> how – if people want to sign up for this, and this sounds – you know, absolute this is the kind of event I'd love to go to, and I just wish you were closer, or I guess I was closer to you for this. Yeah. yeah. Um, says the guy who lives in a place where there's lots of events. Um, this this does sound like my kind of event. Now, um, if people are wanting to find out more information about this, how can they find out more?
2: Uh, just up doing the play pack up now. I'm just trying to look at uh, the barbecue costs and mm-hmm. um, borrowing some terrain. Uh, but it's on. It has been posted on the Bold Action Facebook page, Australian New Zealand Bold Action Facebook mm-hmm. page. I just want to make a comment on the on the post, and I'll, I'll be able to get back to you, or just message me. Through the Bold Action Facebook page, um, uh, just through that post, and we'll mm-hmm. get in contact. Uh, it is up on also the Bold Action Townsville page. Mm-hmm. If you do live in the North Queensland area, jump on the Bold Action Townsville page. Uh, there's a community of players there that jump on there and talk and organise casual games. Um, yeah, or just you know keep an eye out. Um, regular posts will come up. Uh, I've got a few packages. So I got a package from John and Ian at Warren on mm-hmm. spruce there. Uh, War and Peace a bit online tomorrow, let everyone know that. It's just magnificent, the prize support and the community around the ball action scene. Uh, yeah. Viv, not and doubt, did the same thing. He's sending down some vouchers and um, just amazing that, that the people in the community just put their hand up, give us a chop out and yeah. uh, just make events are so much better well if i can quickly
0: talk about john and ian i mean you guys have heard me talk about these guys in the past um clearly it sounds like i'm in their pocket or vice versa but i mean (laughs) i i I really cannot talk about how great um a service they do for the bolt action community here in australia uh i mean just in this episode we're going to be talking of course to you um but you know recently we had um major event 24 players uh, 26 players um, in Tasmania. Amazing turnout. We had um, War and Peace Games sent a lot of prizes down for that. We had um, you know Operation Bear in Melbourne recently. They sent a lot of prizes for that. This is a Sydney-based company, and they are sending out prizes to all the bolt-action events, helping to grow that scene, making sure that there are cool prizes for people who come play. It's incredibly generous. They don't have to do it. Um, and yeah, War and Peace Games... Um, look them up online. They are awesome. Give them a call. Uh, I talk to them all the time. Uh, John and Ian are probably sick of my voice. Um, But, you know, I just recently bought some war cry cards from them and um, some Skaven endless spells because I needed those things. And, you know, I could go to a brick and mortar for them. But I also wanted to support the guys who have supported us in the past. So I was like, yep, this isn't bolt action, but I'm still going to buy from them. And, you know, as you said, they sent it out right away. I got it within a couple of days. Um, you know, I made the mistake of ordering late in the day. Um, but you know, <laughs> two days later it showed up amazing. And that's, you know, that's the kind of love that you can expect from War and Peace. And yeah, again, massive, um, just such a, a boon to our community, um, that, you know, it doesn't hurt to show them a little love back sometimes.
2: I absolutely agree. I, um, John was my first game I played against that I won um, in NCO November in 2015. Mm-hmm. I, I was playing a, an event with Anf at the time, but, mm-hmm. um, and I played John, and it was the first game I won, and I did – Remember ringing him last year or speaking to him last year? Go, remember me? You're the first person I beat in bold action. He goes, yes, I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm sure he went, so, thanks for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so but they get out and play too, and it's just yeah. it's huge. It's um it is big, and that's what draws you to those the bold action crowd. I always thought I'd never get more than one army. I I had my DAC army when I first started, mm-hmm. and I went to an event. I uh, I, got, I won a M4 Sherman. I went, oh, that's the start of the next army. And <laughs> yes, it is. Another, and next thing you know, I've got six armies. I don't know how that happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I, I definitely know that feeling. I'm actually trying to get down to six armies. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I I took... I took a left turn somewhere and ended up in, you know, way too many figure cases and went, yeah, I think it's time to dial this back a little. Um, but, man, it's such a great game for that, though, isn't it? Because though though that that whole inexperienced regular and veterancy um, aspect of the game is very same samey and a lot of the armies. I mean, you can pick up an army and play um, most armies because of the way the national rules work and the units are very similar between armies. Um, you might, you know, a lot of people have said it's very same samey, but there is that variety, isn't there? And so all oh, of yeah. a sudden you're like, it is very similar, but it's very different. And then all of a sudden you, you got to have that next army, don't you?
2: Yeah. I, I played, um, 60 event games and I've never played the same list twice. Yeah. Uh, oh, apart from the, 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 yeah, the army that you play on an event, but mm-hmm. i I've, every time I've turned up, there's a, like, you can change it just a little bit, just tinker mm-hmm. with it. Add a new unit, take a new unit away, put a new vehicle in, and you've, you it just just changes the entire game. And yeah. every time you play and roll dice with a friend or a mate, you just um you're new on the table, and, exactly. Uh, and that just brings it it just brings it an element to the to the game every time you play.
0: Yeah, and it's something that I've been playing with recently. Is you know I really tried to get away from you know list writing in recent years and just sort of showing <laughs> up and pulling armies. You know, pulling literally figures out of a case and going, okay, I'll take that. Um, and, you know, trying out different units, but something that has, and I know it's really obvious, um, but it, you know, with, it took me actually some practice to actually sit down and to do this thing is to actually take an army I already have and play it with using a different veterancy. Um, I, yeah. I, for years and years and years, I played regular everything. All my armies were based around the idea of regular. And then, you know, I played a couple games with inexperienced armies or mixed veterancy or and then I played a veteran army. And oh, my God, did it feel different. Um, But literally the same models. It's like this. It's like the same models get repurposed and have a totally different feel. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've um, I've got a thousand point inexperienced inexperienced U.S. Army uh, that doesn't see the table very often uh, has an M3 Lee. Mm-hmm. uh and about 70 uh 70 us uh, you 70 miniatures all inexperienced American and uh every now and again i want to you know do something different against my mates uh late war brick paratroopers mm-hmm. um pull them out and just remind myself yeah I could probably go regular again exactly <laughs> <laughs> but
0: i mean you could literally put that army on the tabletop and say it's regular and you would just have less deals. Oh, yes, that's
2: right. Yeah, that's yeah
0: yeah and yeah again that'd be and it would be as you say, a different experience for you, and it would—I'm sure—it would be for him too. Well, Rob, man, it has been a pleasure having you on. Um, let's let's remind folks of where they can find this event again. So, um, this is, of course, Operation Northern Exposure 2019. And if you go to the Bolt Action Australia New Zealand Facebook page and you type in Operation Northern Exposure 2019, or Robert Lambert, L A M B E R T. Um, you will find the post about this event, right?
2: That's, that's it. Yeah, jump on there and uh, search it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Add a few comments. Um, and then in the next few days, you'll start seeing a player pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, start seeing some more spruiking about some of the prize support we've got. Nice. Um, and just just get involved in the conversation. And even those people from North Queensland, uh, jump on the Bold Action Townsville page as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a few of us at play. Uh, just trying to build up that community again up here in the North.
0: Awesome, man. And as again, that is uh, October 20th of this year, 2019. And that's at Realms of Magic and Miniatures in Townsville. That's it. Right on. Well, thanks Thanks again. for Man, we'll have to have you back on and talk about how it went after the event. But man, it has been a pleasure having you on. Um, Please come back again. And uh, good luck, brother. (laughs)
2: Thanks, Ed, Brad. Appreciate everything you've
0: done, mate. Thank Uh, you. No worries, man. And thank you guys for listening. This has been uh, another episode of Cast Dice. Now, you may have noticed, uh, a few people have, that all of a sudden these podcasts aren't just on um, podcatchers anymore. They're not just showing up in iTunes. They are now also showing up on YouTube. Um, As of last week... Cast Castice has officially kicked off its YouTube channel. Um, now, I'm starting that out. Um, when I started podcasting all those years ago, those who remember the good old days of the LRDG will remember just how terrible the good old days were as far as uh, sound quality and uh, volume. And, I mean, it, 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 was, it was bad. Um, and uh, as much as a learning curve has been for podcasting, and I'm... Definitely not saying this is perfect, but um, the quality has improved over time. Um, now I'm hoping the quality of the YouTube channel um, will kick, will start significantly better than um, the 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 podcasting uh, initial endeavors were. Um, however, I I am hoping that um, I will be posting some short videos soon, maybe a few product reviews. Um, heaven forbid, and cringe, perhaps an unboxing. Uh, as much as I cringe, don't like watching those myself. Um, I will be doing some army showcases for both my bolt action armies, uh, Star Wars Legion, my GI Joe projects. I will be putting army—I uh, guess showcases—is the best word for it. Um, just so people can see the the projects that I've been working on and that I've been talking about on this podcast forever. Um, most of those will be coming in the next month or so when I have time over the next school holiday. Um, and in around that time, I'm also hoping to start gameplay uh, videos. Um, we, we I do have uh, a good friend of the show. Jermaine's going to be coming on, and he will be showing us Warcry. Um, I know there's a few other games in the wings. And, uh, yeah, any, uh, any feedback that you have about those vi- uh, videos uh, as they exist now or videos that are coming up i would love your feedback um if you would like to leave feedback as always if you also want to leave feedback about the show please leave it um by going to facebook and searching up cast dice c-a-s-t-d-i-c-e measure, uh just meant message the page my name is brad hi i'm the only one who will be answering i would love to hear from you anyway that's enough of that awkward ramble ladies and gentlemen when you are playing the games that we know and love, I hope that your dice roll hot, I hope your beverages are cold. But more than anything else, I hope you're having fun.
2: This is Cast saying good night.